This podcast contains strong language and adult themes from the outset. Hello and thanks for listening to this special lockdown episode of Because You Watched, the podcast that comes up with brand new ideas for TV shows and movies. My name's Rory and I'm a producer. It's my job to identify an underexploited video on demand category and gather some creative people to brainstorm some ideas, all recorded remotely from the relative comfort of our own homes. In this episode, a young, naive Amish man gets involved in a complicated love tryst with a world-famous robotics supermodel. A con man attempts to infiltrate a boarding school in order to steal some precious religious treasures. And contractual obligation forces a detective to keep pursuing his last case, even though he's dead. Joining me for this brainstorming session is comedian and award-winning song and dance man, Ross Noble. Hello. Stand-up comedian and co-host of That's a First, Maisie Adam. Hello. And male comedian and host of Questing Time, Paul Foxcroft. I am also here. Your category this week was inspiring underdog films, which is a real category on Netflix. But before we create some new entries into that category, let's see what already exists within it. Inspiring Underdog Films has 25 titles at time of recording, including your homework to watch, which was the Academy Award-winning pig movie, Babe. What did everyone think of Babe? Oh, I mean, I, I feel like the director was definitely a vegetarian. <laughs> I'm just going to start off with that. You're getting that vibe. Yeah, yeah. Um, as a as a carnivore, uh, I did feel like, oh, this feels like a, a more um, sort of family friendly version of like cowspiracy, basically. <laughs> Finally, I, I was uh, I was a big fan of the the book. I didn't read the book. <laughs> the sheep pig, yes, yeah, really good. But I, I think because the fact that the pig the pig was trying to be a sheepdog, it's the absolute definition of an underdog story, isn't it? I. I hadn't seen Babe before. Oh. No. This was a no for real. There's there's a there's a weird, there's a large chunk of films everyone assumes every human has seen that I haven't seen. And this was one of them. Um I basically thought it was a film about a pig that was haunted. Um, <laughs> a haunted um, pig. I think that's yeah. uh, Babe in Pig in the Big City that when uh, Babe is haunted. <laughs> but, but I was talking about that mate and what I, I I just by screwing up the titles I referred to the sequel as Babe Sex in the City. <laughs> um which Obviously, isn't what that film is. Although I would love to watch if a film only. where three uh, sort of media ladies sit down with a small pig and all talk about who they're fucking. I have a bit of a weird relationship with with uh, animatronic pigs because uh, so I I uh, my my dog that he's dead now, but my dog years ago was called uh, Winston, and he was named after Stan Winston, who made all the pig effects uh, they did charlotte's web yeah oh, nice. and then uh the creature shop guys uh that uh, at stan winston's uh found out that my dog was named after stan and then uh they um they invited me to go and see their animatronic pigs so uh and they named an animatronic monkey after me what? <laughs> so, yeah. so basically i have a thing where Anything that anything that Stan Winston's involved with, I love anyway. And then I also especially like animatronic pigs because I got uh, I got a chance to. It's the weirdest thing. I st- st- this is kind of off the point of the film's good. What I'm saying is, the, I've got I've got a long I've got a long story about being in a shipping container with an animatronic pig. But I think that's probably for a, it's for a different time, isn't it? 
But I'll be I'll be honest with you. I've seen it loads of times. But I um, uh, I'm in Australia at the moment, and the uh, it's not on Netflix over here. So I just oh. I just watch I would just watch Babe Station instead. <laughs> well, it's close enough. So for those of you who aren't uh, pig super fans like Ross Noble is, uh, Babe is a 1995 comedy drama film. Uh, Netflix description says this. Director Chris Noonan's tale of a precocious piglet babe and his struggle to fit in and become a champion sheep herder won the hearts of audiences and critics, which I think is setting expectations a bit high right out of the gate, but it seems like it can sustain us at the very least. Uh, it was nominated for seven Academy Awards and won one of them, which, what do you think it was that it won? Best Pig. It was Best Pig. Well done. Uh, no, it was Best Visual Effects. Do we think those still hold up? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think so. There was nothing in the film I watched and was like, That's, that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> one of the producers is George Miller, who I love, because uh, George Miller has written and directed five films, which are Mad Max, Mad Max 2, Mad Max Fury Road, Happy Feet, Happy Feet 2. And he's a producer on this film. <laughs> Look, he's a man of many talents. Yeah. yeah. He loves two My, genres. Um, we, were, we, were the, we were looking at the duck, you, you know, the, the duck that gets babe in trouble. Yeah. And um, my boyfriend pointed out that, um, the like, the beak, of a duck, just that yellow bit looks like mm. a dog's face, and once you once you notice that, you can't unnotice it for the rest of the film. Yeah, I've every time that. that duck appeared, all I saw was a yellow dog's face on a big white body. Hang on, um, I'm just googling a yeah. duck's face. It's, it's like an, an animal wearing a small yellow duck uh, dog mask, like a dog novelty mask. Halloween yeah, dog mask. Yeah. 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 Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? Now you can't unsee it. So everyone at home, definitely open up your, your your browser on your phone and Google Duck's Beak, and you'll see for yourself. It's uh, uncanny. It now looks like it looks like all ducks are wearing a Venetian mask of a dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <it laughs> yeah. This is all very eyes wide shut. Yeah. So that is what already exists in the genre, and that's a pinnacle example of the genre of inspiring underdog movies. Academy Award winner. So all you guys need to do is come up with an idea better than that. So let's hear Ross's idea first. Ross, what is your idea for an inspiring underdog movie? It's called uh, it's called The New Model, and uh, it's a romance. It's a, not a rom-com. It's, a, it's absolutely 100% serious romance, right? Okay. And it's um, it's about uh, a young Amish man who uh, who dreams of marrying the world's most famous supermodel, but that supermodel is also an android. Oh, so <laughs> I see so, the conflict. I can see a conflict arising so, already. And then uh, yeah, so he's basically uh, he has no he has no concept of electronics, but he sees and like it could be it could be set like a little bit in the future maybe. And then, uh, so yeah, so that's his dreams. And uh, the characters, uh, uh, Jacob uh, is the main, is the is the uh, handsome young romantic young lad. Maybe mm-hmm. played by Zac Efron. Oh and yeah. And then uh, the the supermodel, uh, she um, she's called uh, DX nine four seven, and she <laughs> is um, she's uh, she's a. Uh, She's it's CGI, obviously. She's like in the film, it, it wouldn't it'd be CGI, but then it would be the voice of Dame Judy Dench. <laughs> oh. Here's a question: How does a uh, our young Amish man Jacob? How does he uh, meet this model? Because presumably he's not watching her on TV if he's Amish. Does he like? Uh, 
hear a passing tradesman describe her, or what's the, what's the he's, story? He, he's looking over the fence. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah. Well, he sees her on he sees her on the billboard. He's allowed to take his uh, he's allowed to take his buggy into town. Oh yeah, and uh, he sees her uh, sees her on all the billboards and that. He thinks, aye aye, she appears to be the most beautiful woman in the world. And then uh, he stops. Uh, he's he's he stops to help somebody on the side of the road, like uh, help them fix fix their car, which he's ill-equipped to do. But he yeah, just I likes know. To, he just possibly the he worst just person. likes just likes to chat to people from the outside is he, world. Is he morally opposed what, to fixing the car as well? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is. But the thing is, though, is that he just uh, you know he's he's curious about the outside world. Yeah. He's a sort of. Um, He's like Ariel from The Little Mermaid at the start, and he, he he's interested, but he knows he's not allowed to, he's not allowed to you know to go out into the world. But like, and he stops just to say, you know, like, can can I help you? Can I like, you know, can I can I provide moral support or maybe pray for you while you're fixing the car? <laughs> just and yeah, then, as uh, you're fixing your own car. And, and and then as he's as he's looking through, he's intrigued because it's like it's like a, it's like a Tesla, but it's like a like a modern, like it's like a, a car in the future, and he looks through, and the and the kids are in the car, and there's a big, um, there's like a touchscreen display, yeah. and the kids are watching like a hologram thing, and he can't believe, it. and he sees her, and he goes, "Wow, she's a beautiful woman," and then, yeah. uh, and and then the wife goes, "Yeah, but not only is she beautiful, she's also an android," and he's conflicted because he yeah. he's instantly ah, fallen in love totally. with her, but at the same time he can't can't have any of it because of what all our inside electronics you know how but once you're in but once you're in love you're in love aren't you yeah ross yeah. To, it, yeah. to your mind how long is the scene in which a family of four tried to explain what an android is to an <laughs> amish person <laughs> well that's that's the that's the beauty of it isn't it you know the thing, yeah, the thing the... is if we need to fill a couple of hours then we've got a good 10 minutes 15 minutes out of that scene alone so it writes itself well what they well what they could do because obviously you don't want to like obviously if you're you know, if you're writing a script, you don't want people just explaining stuff, do you? That's that's the that's that's just yeah. bad writing, isn't yeah, it? Totally. You don't, you know, sure, yeah. sure don't tell. So, so what I'd probably do is I'd get them to, I'd get the family dog, while he's trying to, while he's praying for them, while the dad's yeah. trying to fix the car, the family dog runs out into the road, gets hit by another vehicle, flies across, he starts screaming, and the kids go, "No, you're all right," and they just they just press reset. And then the and the dogs reset, and he's like, yeah. "Oh my god, come back to life!" And they went, "No, no, he never died. He's a he's like whatever the dog version of an android is." <laughs> and they go, oh, okay, oh. crack on then. And then uh, next thing you know, she pops up on the screen, and he goes, "God, she's beautiful." And they go, "Well, you know that dog that we just reset? Yeah, that's the that's the same." She also got hit by a truck, but she's fine. If she did get hit by a truck, it wouldn't matter. So, um, so yeah. So the be, truck would crumple around her. So you could do that in like you could probably you could explain everything you needed to explain in about under a minute. I reckon you're in and out, and then the romance begins. Well, that's perfect because you know no one likes when you kill a dog, and you've managed to uh, subvert that <laughs> expectations. Yeah, exactly. By probably, exactly. By, by pro- probably honestly killing the guy in the truck because he hit this <laughs> incredibly heavy dog, which he didn't know about. <laughs> It's completely crumpled and destroyed. But no, the no, dog just is... bounced. It's not. This, this isn't. This not the Terminator. Don't turn this into. <laughs> don't turn, turn this into. Don't turn it into sci-fi nonsense. This is a. This is very serious. Story. You're right. 
Yeah, also, the bloke in the car might also be an android or That's a true. dog. Used to say the truck <laughs> oh, isn't true. an android. <laughs> yeah, it's, come on, keep it serious. Keep it, keep it grounded. Keep it grounded in reality. Uh, so he hears about uh, DX nine four seven, and obviously he's completely smitten immediately. Um, so then, how does he action this? Does he like pack up all his little stuff on his buggy and head off to the big city? Like, what's what's what happens next? Well, I think the first the first thing he does is exactly what you just described. He saddles up his buggy. Um, and I think the Amish have access to... They can use compasses, uh, and they have a... Is that their limit? Well, I, don't have, I don't think compass is the cut-off technology, but I think <laughs> it's within it's within the bracket of acceptable tech. Yeah. And I think what they have is they have a special compass that tells them at any given point where Harrison Ford is, and so that he follows that to the hub of celebrities. Trouble is, so he's always in the grain silo. <laughs> they, don't, they, don't, they don't need the compass. Somebody goes... Wonder where Harrison Ford is now. I'll get the compass. Don't bother. It's in yeah. the silo again. <laughs> oh, for God's sake, Harrison! Why do, why do we all have these compasses? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. He's literally. Oh, oh, here, here comes Harrison. Is that is that him over there? No, it's just a bloke that looks like him. He's in the silo again, all the time. But yeah, well, fair, well but they're great. That's that's brilliant because then that get Harrison Ford can operate as a sort of inside man on the world of celebrity. Well, so the, our, the great guy, thing, our Amish guy goes to the silo to quiz Harrison Ford on how to woo a robot. <laughs> and, the, and, the th- and the thing is, is that it's it's quite a nice in joke because he was in Witness, but he was also in Blade Runner. So it's sort of a yeah. perfect. You see what I mean? It's it's already so, already, so we're, we're locking in Harrison be, for a cameo now. Like he's he's definitely got to be in this. The only cameo that he has is when uh, Jacob opens up a door in the grain silo <laughs> and a, the face of Harrison Ford just like, just all, only like a tiny amount popping out of some grain. And he just goes, all right, Harrison. And Harrison goes, fine. And then just slowly sinks it. down. In, yeah. Just sinks back into the grain. And, the, and he turns, Jacob turns to the camera and he goes, oh, Harrison. Oh, God. <laughs> so... So, Ross, uh, how does it end? I mean, do they get together? Yeah, well, the thing is that they've got, uh, they're basically, like, because he can't use, he's not allowed any technology, so he meets her and she she looks, she's, uh, she's basically, she's humanoid, so there's no, there's no, like, ro- there's nothing robotic about her, so, you know, like, you know, it's, it's basically the fact that the technology is, like, the constant obstacle, like, all, like, all the way through. Yeah. And then... That he fight like he engineers to meet her, and she does fall in love with him. But that's only the midpoint of the film. Oh! But then the second half of the film, she falls in love with him and comes back oh. to become Amish. There but she, she must learn to get into his way of life, and then they have to decide: does she leave her world, or does he leave leave his? And you never quite. And it's, it ends like Thelma and Louise when they're trying to bug it for Cliff. <laughs> <laughs> what an ending. Ross, do you believe the ending of Thelma and Louise to be ambiguous? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. Okay. Because, if, because if, if either of those two were an android, you'd just reset them and they'd come back, wouldn't they? So. <laughs> Very true. Hello again, just interrupting for a second to let you know that you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook by searching for You Watched Pod, where you'll find additional content, podcast news and exciting updates on my quest for the next big thing. That's You Watched Pod on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. So drop me a tweet, a Facebook post or a DM 
anything goes, just let me know what you think of our slate so far. And also let me know your ideas. I might even bring them up on the show. Next up is Maisie. Maisie, what is your idea for an inspiring underdog film? Okay, so uh, mine is a uh, comedy drama, if that is a genre, I believe. Um, so, so I'll, I'll just give you my, my, my quick premise, right? Uh, an up-and-coming con man infiltrates uh, a prestigious boarding school and assumes the identity of a religious studies teacher in order to gain access and steal from the school's vault of historic religious artefacts. <laughs> but when he falls for the headmistress, can he go through with the heist and leave his moral conscience at the door? Nice. So, mm. so is he the underdog in this story? He's the, he's the outsider in this prestigious. Yeah. So, are we rooting like, for him to do the heist? Yeah, yeah. You are you are essentially rooting for a guy to sin here. Uh, <laughs> um, what's what's the title? I hear you ask. Um, Passion yeah. of the heist. Oh, oh love nice. nice, Passion of the heist. Yeah, um, and that's what you've described there. I think it's almost exactly beat for beat a Centrinian's film. I think so. I think what I've done there yeah. is I've taken Centrinian's and School of Rock and uh, all of the really bad Guy Ritchie films. Nuns on the Run as well. You could have a touch <laughs> that. Yeah. Well, at least you're pulling from the best. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Does, is Eric Idle in this film? I mean, we can put him in for sure. For sure. I'll Great. find, I'll find a, 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 a role for him. Um, that, that I've got uh, Taron Edgerton. Is that how we say his name? Are we going with Edgerton? Yeah, I, that's let's it. go yep. with that. Is it? Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Maisie, I've got a few more questions about the idea. So our our, our main ca- our main character who is mm-hmm. stealing a variety of religious artifacts. What is his name? Uh, Harry. 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 Honestly, yes. He's he's this common. He wants to be the you know big in the con artist world. Oh, is that uh, why he's stealing? It's, it's, yeah, it's to make he's, his name. He's in this, he's in this gang, uh, Eric Idle's gang, <laughs> and uh, in order to sort of prove himself and earn his stripes, they put him on this job of, of, of infiltrating a, a posh boarding school as the religious studies teacher. Um, the religious studies teacher post is kind of like the defence against the dark ass post <laughs> at, at Hogwarts, and that they never, they never seem to have an appropriate member of staff for it. Yeah. Uh, so they get they get this Harry lad in, um, <laughs> and, uh, and 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 he has to be doing all of this teaching and stuff. He doesn't he, he, he don't believe in God, does, does Harry? He's a con man, uh, but he falls for Ruth, uh, who's the the headmistress, and uh, she's she's very devout in her faith. Is Ruth? Uh, so there's there's no sex scenes whatsoever uh, in this in this film, uh, uh, and and uh, Ruth is played by Gemma. Uh, Arterton off of, of St Trinian's. Okay, um, good. <laughs> nice. Uh, and and uh, we'll whack someone like Vinnie Jones in there as well uh, as as one of the gang members who's who's, who's going. Oh, you you can't be oh, falling yeah. for this. This uh, is yeah. my gang voice, but you you you, you can't be falling for these headmistresses. So You've got to be getting that posh chalice that will get us lots yeah. of money. Harry sneaks off to the edge of the grounds during the night where that's it's all it, mis- yeah. misty and there's uh, Vinnie Jones there or whatever. He's like, yeah, what are you doing? Oh, no, uh, I, I much cap. prefer the idea that Vinnie Jones infiltrates the school as a child. <laughs> in a sort of uh, crankies uniform, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's on his like on his knees with the uh, <laughs> with the shoes, with the on, shoes his on his knees, but everybody at like everyone at the school 
knows that he's doing that and he thinks he's fooling them, but they just think he's like a bit, like he's a bit touched. You he's know? a bit, like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you've got to be particularly nice to that Vinny lad. Yeah, exactly. Well, his name is Vin- is he playing Vinny Jones in this film? Yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> called... is, is the pl- yeah. is the he's, he's acting film... as himself. Yeah. <laughs> All the kids in the film are like, is that Vinny Jones? Yeah, yeah, that's. <laughs> Vinnie Jones as Vinnie Jones. <laughs> well, everyone is too scared. They're all starstruck. They're too scared to kind of correct him or say anything wrong, so they just let him be. Um, they all, everyone refers to him as uh, the actor and former footballer Vinnie Jones. So, like, in the, so the, the headmaster will go, you boy, the actor and former footballer Vinnie Jones, come here. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely, definitely. Um so yeah, they, 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 they start to fall in love to Harry and Ruth, uh, but 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 Harry is obviously conflicted on whether or not he can still go through with with stealing all of these uh, riches from the school's vault uh, for the gang. When uh, really he's really started to question what is right and what is wrong and moral ethics and mm-hmm. uh, uh, choice and, and and sin and all of this. Uh, and of course, he doesn't want to hurt and betray this um, uh, Ruth. Lady, what, what do we think happens at the end? Does he does he go through the heist, or does uh, is the only thing that's stolen his heart? Well, yes, that that is the ending. <laughs> yes, yeah, that there's a there's a beautiful speech made by uh, uh, Taron uh, Edgerton where uh, he says, "I came here to, to to steal all of these riches, but it turns out you, Ruth, you are the thief, uh, and and you've stolen my heart." <laughs> She's arrested. Uh, yeah, 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 absolutely. And and then at that point, uh, Vinnie Jones uh, stands up off his shoe <gasps> uh, uh, knees uh, and, uh, <laughs> and he's, he's fuming and he thinks it's a huge reveal uh, and everyone sort of still feels pressured to go, oh, oh my God, oh, what? No. Um, even though they have, of course, known all along. Uh, and, and, and Vinny's not happy. Vinny's not happy, and, and, and Eric Idle, he's not happy either. He comes in with all the other gang members. Um, there's a mass shootout. Everyone's got to go oh, uh, get into the vault to, 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 to avoid Vinny and, uh, and Eric's shootout uh, as they try to steal all of the riches. It's, it's quite a climatic end. Um, uh, and one that uh, just suddenly cuts to the credits amid the, the, the shootout. <laughs> Mid-gunfight. Uh, <laughs> Mid-gunfight. Yeah. Could, it, yeah. could, it, could it possibly, instead of it just cutting to the credits, could it slowly, could it just slowly fade out? <laughs> just, just, the credits just, are slowly fading over a gunfight. <laughs> yes. Most people just um, are watching this gunfight going, is the, is the scene getting darker? Or, and then yeah. it, it, but, but it's a really, really slow fade, like just... Yeah. The scene gets darker and the gun the gunfire sounds just fades very very slowly and then the credits appear. Well, what, what the credits can the credits start with just when it fades completely to black. There's a pause and then it just says, "You have been watching." <laughs> Vinnie Jones as Vinnie Jones in a Heidi High Croft and Pierce ending. So there's like Vinnie Jones giving a thumbs up while people are being shot behind him. In the, in that you have been watching instead of them. You know how like. Uh, Rang my Lord, Heidi High, or Dr. Beeching. They were always like just them standing there. Uh, I'd like to say it like Dad's Army, where they're actually, you know, how, you know how they're walking through the field at yeah. the end. Yeah. So there's, yeah. so there's a bit, there's a bit more movement. So you, you see Eric Idle, and it's like you have been watching, and there's still gunfire going off, and he's walking along, and then it goes. So you see Taron Edgerton, 
and then uh, <laughs> and then Finney Jones on the little shoes, like <laughs> finding it really really hard to move through the. And it says, "You have been watching Vinnie Jones as the actor and former footballer Vinnie Jones." Yeah, yeah, shuffling along on his knees. I'd like that. So next up is Paul's idea. However, one of our development team has to shoot off. That's Ross Noble. So, Paul, I'd really yep. appreciate if you could just really condense your idea down to, like, you know, a good sure. five seconds or so. All right, it's a hard-boiled murder mystery in which both the, the lead detective and the murderer are already dead at the start of the film. Okay, and stop! <laughs> okay, fantastic. Well, it's a yes from me. <laughs> so, Ross, well, where are you going to cast your vote? What do you reckon? Well, you, we, is it going to go to the passion of a heist or uh, this idea, which we didn't get the name of? Uh, dead to rights. To, to be honest with you, because I, I, I need to know, uh, are they dead and then we're seeing the backstory? Are they dead and then they solve crimes as ghosts? Are they dead and they somehow get reanimated? There's yeah. so many different... So no, many it's, different um, options. It's, it's, a, it's a buddy cop film where uh, the, the lead detective and his partner, the lead detective is killed in an unrelated car accident during the opening <laughs> credits. But because of a clerical right. error, he is legally required to continue to work on this case with his partner who is alive. <laughs> he is not, he's not a zombie, he's not reanimated, he's not a ghost, he's literally the corpse of a police officer. Love it. I love it a lot. So your vote for what best fits the category inspiring underdog movies is going to be... Dead to rights. No, I just the other one because I've, <laughs> I've, I've, I've after all I've, that build up, yeah, yeah, heist. I've, I've heard more. <laughs> I'm really sorry. I have to go. Sorry. Thanks right. very much for the input, Ross. <laughs> Bye, Ross. Bye, Ross. Bye, Ross. See ya. Can I just say I would have been absolutely yeah. fuming if Ross had voted for uh, a, a <laughs> film he made five heard. seconds of. Yeah. After I've just done that entire plot line, and he went, "Yeah, well, I'll take, I'll, I'll edge my bets and go with this one." Yeah, that's great, but I'll, I'll go for the devil I don't know, thanks. Yeah, yeah, I'd have been fuming. So now with Ross gone, Paul, let's actually uh, really dive into the minutiae and the nuance of your idea. So go ahead and tell me in more detail what happens in Dead to Rights. I'll give you, I'll give you the, uh, the, the log line as I've written it. Um, okay. Detective Doug Bellamy, he's a cop who's trying to balance his workload with his charity work and also trying to have a social life. But there's a serial <laughs> killer on the loose in New York and Doug and his partner Anya Sterling have just 48 hours to catch that murderer before they kill again. The good news is, Doug has a suspect. The bad news is that in an unrelated car accident, Doug is struck by a vehicle in the opening title sequence of the movie and killed before he has any lines. <laughs> but legally, because of, a, because of the wording of a warrant, legally, him and his partner are the only two cops allowed to work on this case. Now, here's the thing. Uh, when, There's obviously, a twist. Non, non-speaking roles. Oh, well, well, okay, go ahead. Give me that the twist. Murderer, me the murderer is also dead. <laughs> Wow. So, so, the, murders, wow. the murders have been effectively a series of coincidences caused by a corpse <laughs> falling over. So it's very much like a Rube Goldberg machine. He's just, this yeah. corpse is like flopping about and like knocking over like a, a bunch of like beer kegs yeah. which roll down a hill. And Yeah, but the police corpse and the murderer corpse get together at the end. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say there's a fight scene, which would be. There is. Just there will be fight oh, scenes between these. Yeah, but they, they, uh, there's a burgeoning respect at the beginning of the film, yeah, that's at true. least implied. And uh, <laughs> they are buried together at the end of the film as part of a wedding ceremony slash funeral. Now, there's some good news is that A, uh, acting as a corpse, which then has to portray, you know, burgeoning respect, eventual growth of a kind of relationship, and then eventually blossoming into some sort of romantic relationship, perhaps. Uh, doing all of that while dead requires a lot of nuance. So we need to get a really good actor. However, 
also it's a non-speaking part so far cheaper so we could probably get anyone we want so who do you think should play our, our two corpses uh so in my mind and when i visual i just top of my head i've got ryan gosling as the lead corpse oh, oh yeah. wow yeah because i think if we're gonna waste an actor yeah <laughs> let's do that um and then as his partner who again is alive in yeah. my notes i've written either christina ricci um, oh, okay. Because she's not getting enough work. She's great. Um, and, or Ellie Kemper. So, so um, what, what sort of scenes do we see with our uh, dead detective Doug, played by Ryan Gosling? Well, so, it's, it's, all, so it's, it's all the classic detective scenes. Name, oh, yeah. one. Name a classic detective scene. I'll describe it with a call. Okay, a, a, good, a good classic detective scene is uh, the uh, wall with pictures and, and pieces of string. Yeah, that's, that can happen. Uh, so imagine that scene. <laughs> yeah, that's but it. There's a corpse there. <laughs> like, what stage of corpse... Is he? Is Fresh. he like um right? So he's just sort of Ryan Gosling, but like blue lips and a bit pale. He's not like a um, decaying face or anything. Not not at the beginning. Yeah. Because oh, there's, well, like I the said, end, there's a couple of bits snapping off. And stuff. Well, this takes place over. Did you say forty eight hours? So there's a good forty eight hours of decomposition. But but and there is forty eight hours of sort of passive decomposition. But there is also <laughs> like he doesn't necrotize. But there oh, is a um, there is a. Um, like I said, there's a couple of gunfights. Uh, there's a chase sequence, um, and and he gets he gets beaten up in that quite bad. Like they, he's a, he's a braided. I mean, that's low, isn't it? Beating up someone who's already dead. Well, these are criminals. They don't care. That's right. They're on the wrong yeah. side of both the law and corpse morals. Yep, <laughs> that's a thing. <laughs> um, there's um, yeah, but the, the, the chase sequence, to my mind, is um, his partner Anya has gone to. Um, she's gone into Walmart to buy normal Walmart stuff like high caliber firearms and cheese yeah. and um, she's left him resting against a shopping trolley outside uh, and the murderer is goes past in a wheeled coffin uh, going down a hill and um, Doug is, I, again I'm going to describe this like there is intent, it isn't, a dog yes. walks past and nudges him, he tumbles into the chopping trolley but engages yeah. in a chase sequence uh, as he, um, I think, for the purposes of this sequence, this entire film needs to be set in San Francisco. Okay. Yes. Um, yeah. For that exactly. From the rock. lots of wheeling. Yeah. So I, I'm <laughs> imagining. I'm imagining that scene you're describing, where he chases down the suspect. It's got to be the case that uh, Christina Ritchie or is is in the Walmart buying stuff, and and obviously Ryan Gosling is outside manning the fort. Gets nudged over, chases after the serial killer. It's got to be the case that he goes all around town. There's all sorts of hijinks. He goes like up a pipe that's being lifted up <laughs> in a construction yard. Like yeah. the chase goes all around the city. Eventually, he ends up just wheeling back in front of the Walmart as she comes out, and she's none the wiser. Exactly that. Have you ever seen Baby's Day Out? I, I yes. have seen Baby's Day Out. Yes. Um, I love that film. It's, it's a bit like Baby's Day Out, but with the inanimate corpse of a grown man. And of course, that is the thing that most people who watch Baby's Day Out, that's what they come away going, oh, it was good, but I wish it had a sort of Ryan Gosling corpse running about. If, if only the baby yeah. was a corpse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to, I'll just clap a point of order. The killer is not a man. The killer <gasps> is, in my mind, played by Sandra Bullock. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Do you know what? She'd make such a good serial killer. She could play a really yeah. good serial killer. She doesn't play enough villains. I think she'd be no, she really doesn't. good at playing she a villain. Yeah. She's not. She's not given enough dramatic roles. And I think she's a. She, again, she's a great comic actress, but really yeah. good dramatic actress as well. Yeah. So, so, so it ends. They, they catch. They catch our, our serial killer. What do they? What do they do with the serial killer? What's the ending? Do they like put it in prison? <clears throat> There's a tense standoff at the end where it's unclear whether the dead detective is going to side with the dead serial killer <laughs> and betray his partner 
or where the, the friendship is stronger than this burgeoning romantic relationship. Uh, and it results in the partner, everyone makes a bit of a compromise yeah. uh, in that the partner reports that um, that they, the two of them were fell off a cliff into a ravine full of knives. Uh, but in actuality, what she does is arranges for them to be married and buried at the same time in the same place. I'd love to imagine that scene you were talking about where the uh, this tension about whether the dead corpse cop Ryan Gosling would affect to the criminal side or, or the uh, or their police side because all of the movement in this movie is based on inclines like basically all character <laughs> yes. motivation is uh, well, described no, be... via inclines so is, did this scene like take place on like a like a seesaw there's like one yes. person on each side and it's when the he climax slides. of the film takes place in a, a children's playground but it's not all inclines it's also in a during a high wind oh that is dead to rights dead to rights which is a uh i'm also not sold on dead to rights um cold case i don't know no that's good decease and desist that would be good one. <laughs> that's good oh my oh, god decease and desist is brilliant yes decease and desist yeah oh, is amazing that's brilliant So those are our three ideas for an inspiring underdog movie. But before we decide what best fits the category, let's recap the ideas that we have so far. So first is Ross's idea, The New Model, which is a deadly serious romance about a young Amish man named Jacob who dreams of marrying the world's most famous model. But plot twist, she's an android. (laughs) When helping a family repair their car, he spots her on a hologram, is instantly smitten, but has to go to the big city to win her heart. They do get together. However, the real test comes when he has to bring her back to his place and she has to live the Amish life. It's an underdog story both ways. Next up is Maisie's idea, The Passion of the Heist, about an up-and-coming con man named Harry who's trying to infiltrate a prestigious boarding school in order to steal a variety of religious artefacts from the school. But can he go through with it after developing a relationship with headmistress Ruth? Vinnie Jones is keeping an eye on him, masquerading as a child by standing on his knees with little dainty shoes. Uh, Everyone sees through it, though, but uh, people are just too polite to say anything. And when he does finally betray his criminal gang, there's a big shootout that ends very, very slowly as the credits gently fade over the film. Finally, we have Paul's idea, Deceased and Desist, which is about Detective Doug Bellamy, who's on the hunt for a serial killer. However, he does die in an unrelated truck accident, immediately as soon as the film opens. But he is contractually obligated to catch this serial killer within 48 hours, so corpse or not, he's still on the case. There's plenty of chasers and uh, incline and wind-based tension throughout the movie where it becomes clear that Ryan Gosling's corpse may be developing feelings for the very serial killer that he's hunting. So those are the three ideas. But what do we best think fits the category of inspiring underdog movies Maisie um I think I'm gonna have to go with um uh, uh and this isn't because uh, I contributed to the title obviously but I do think decease and desist sounds so bats like properly bats um I'm, I'm <laughs> probably gonna have to give that one my vote I reckon uh, I think it needs to be seen to be believed. Well, do we think it's inspiring so so it does sound quite inspiring that despite being dead, someone can still achieve great things like uh, catch a serial killer. 
is there a bigger underdog story than um, you know the, the 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 pillars of being an underdog uh, tale is that you start at the bottom. I don't think you can get any more of an underdog than starting dead. Yeah, yeah six feet under is pretty low. Yeah, yes. pretty pretty pretty. That's as underdog as it gets. Um, so um, big kudos to anybody who takes on a challenge with with, with that as their as their starting point. Yeah, you, you'll you'll leave deceased and desist going. If a corpse can catch a serial killer, yeah. I can do anything. <laughs> so that's Maisie's vote. Paul, where yes. are you going to cast your vote? We've already got Ross's vote. What about you? you your your options are the new model and passion of the heist. Where are you going to throw um, your vote? I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely I'm I am t- I'm torn, um, but I'm I'm going to cast my vote for. Uh, passion of a heist. And passion of a heist. I'll tell you for why. Go um, it's um, even though New Model has a double underdog story. Uh, I'm, I'm really. I, I think there is not enough films about the hierarchy of con artists <laughs> and their complex society. Yes, um, and I love the idea of exploring that. And I do like. I think it could. I think it does fit. The, it fits the model of being inspirational. The un- but it's we think the underdog thing is will he be able to steal the thing and the the answer answer is no that's irrelevant the underdog yeah. story is about a lonely man finding love in an unlikely scenario so fantastic well with that that means that passion of the heist has two votes which means that passion of the heist is our winner for a inspiring underdog movie so well done Maisie your idea wins the show good job oh, best with the wow. category amazing stuff thank you. This episode of Because You Watched featured Ross Noble, Maisie Adam, Paul Foxcroft, and me, Rory Binks. It was produced by Joe Grace and Martin Trickey.